Good evening, Patriots. And it is Thursday, July 14th in the year 2022 on the West Coast of the United States. For those of you on the East Coast and beyond, I think you're already into Friday, which is going to be nice tomorrow. A little slower pace, hopefully, but you know how Fridays can be, but at least they're at the end of the week. Before we begin, we have a short message here from my pillow. Patriots, we talk many times about the great quality products offered by MyPillow for the purpose of enhancing your sleep. But MyPillow also has other products for the home, and one of those that stands out are the lithographs by Theater Omen, recreating the perfection of the originals of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. You can find these at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. Take a listen to this history. In 1942, master lithographer Theodore Omen created his authentic restoration of the Declaration of Independence. In essence, he recreated the Declaration as to how it looked when it was signed. In 1953, he created an astonishing replica of the U.S. Constitution. Together, they are regarded as the most beautiful replicas of our nation's founding documents ever created. Now, you can own lithographic reprints of these masterpieces. There's no better way to show your patriotic spirit than to hang a set of Omen prints in a place for all to see. Don't hesitate. The time is now to reinforce the significance of the very documents that define America and set us apart from every other country in the world. And again, you'll find those at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. And while you're there, make sure and check out all the other great savings for your home. And if you want to speak to a MyPillow Patriot Pillow Counselor, call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. And again, use your promo code Bards. You know, I... I think <laughs> I think no one else in the My Pillow network has referred to their call staff as a pillow counselor but guess what it sticks and that's what they get so there you go Patriots I'm going to start tonight with a difficult piece here somebody who's giving a testimony about the vax I want to start off this video by saying thank you to everyone who believes me I don't think you guys know how much that means to me because I've been dealing with this since fall and it's not getting better I did this I got these shots because I trusted the government and I trusted the health officials and I did it because they told me that if I didn't I wouldn't be able to see my grandparents I didn't even get to see them anyways <laughs> what a fucking joke I also wanted you guys to know that when I got my first shot I'm scared to say this too. I signed paperwork. They made me sign a form. And I cannot get myself retribution. I signed away all of their responsibility. For what happens to me. Because I trusted them. This is only just beginning. And what's going to come. Is going to hurt all of us. You know. These, these things really do choke me up. <clears throat> we have fought so hard to keep people from doing it. And sadly, we were fighting against a machine that is hell-bent on destroying the American public. The level of hatred, evil, 
cannot even be described. And this hasn't even begun yet. Our media has lied. Our media has manipulated. Our media has promoted a complete fabricated story on the pandemic, on the virus, on its lethality, and on the urgency to get a vax. Behind that are layers. And I want to be clear about this. There may be one or two politicians, and I'm including everybody when I say this. Don't ever forget that not one politician has called for the stop, full stop of the injection. Don't ever forget that. These are people that we put into office. And it's more than that because from a scriptural sense, people that take leadership in a country, especially our country, regardless of how we function, this country was established with God on the throne, people before him and government subordinate to the will of the, of the people. And whether they want to believe it or not, we are all accountable to God for the actions we take, especially in this country. It is true anyway, but this country is even bigger than that. And these people have violated that trust in a massive way. Removing them from office is not going to stop the pain that they've caused. You know, someone said something the other day, and I, I think I mentioned it in one of the previous shows, and I honestly don't know. Maybe it was last night, maybe it was earlier today, but it's a point to take note of. All these people talking about med beds and this great cure that's coming, and they have secret cures. I'm going to tell you something. The only reason they would have those is because they've made you sick first, and whatever they're going to do with those special cures isn't going to make you human again. It's only going to transition you further into their model of transhumanism. They needed to get you sick first. These are tragic stories. There's going to be many of them. And it's going to be more and more difficult as we go along here as people face the realities of what has become of them. Because they've taken something in their bodies that cannot be purged, it cannot be taken out. There's some snake oil salesman garbage going around, people saying, well, you can get rid of it if you do this protocol or that protocol. There's been absolutely zero proof that that works. What you can do is strengthen your immune system. But just like HIV, you're going to be constantly doing that. And at the same time, you've got something else in you that's literally growing. These blood clots that are coming out of people, they're not blood clots. Those are like protein strains that are growing with the enhanced aspects of graphene oxide and, and this mRNA. And the immune systems of these people have been overwritten. The longer you go into this process, meaning the shot series, the less chance you have of your body being able to recover at all. You're stepping farther and farther away from the temple that God gave you because your temple is being modified. And there's some pretty draconian stuff that's being projected now. The evidence is suggesting that, and we've known this all along, the potential of this is that these, because they told people this, right from the very beginning, what they stated 
right from the very beginning is that this new approach using mRNA would be able to, to allow them to update your immune system. How anybody would ever fall for that line of crap, I don't know. But unfortunately, nobody bothered to stop, pause, read, research. They got swept up. This is what fear does. And this is one of these things, again, that is so clear as you've read Scripture and you understand why that term, fear not, in its various iterations are in, is in the Bible hundreds of times. Because fear is the blinding mechanism. It separates us from the voice of God. And yes, we're born with that. And that's something we have to deal with. We have to overcome. It's one of our challenges. But when you allow yourself to be persuaded by men, the voices of men and women, women, you don't get a ride on this one. Everybody's included. And since there's only two genders, I don't have to list 50 of those. Men and women, the voices of men and women that sold their soul to the lie. It's tragic. We have much more going on here behind the scenes than we can imagine. And one of the reasons I'm pretty convinced right now, actually two reasons, that they are rolling out these new mandates. They're already projecting new mask mandates by the end of July. Why? Because the death rate's accelerating, people are starting to wake up to the fact that they've all been poisoned. People are not feeling right. Their bodies are starting to fall apart. They had early symptoms. Some of those symptoms went away. Now they're coming back in different forms. You have infants being born with damage. You have young children dying. You have parents losing their kids. And that is a place now where we have to step into. I've, I've said now, and I, I'm very serious. I mean, I, I just need you to hear this because last week it was, in the last couple of weeks, it's been a pretty profound walk. And my conversations with God and, and that intimacy that I'm, I have been blessed to have has really opened my eyes to the new steps that we have to take. That's the focus now is healing, bridging, building the spaces that we can stand together in. We have to call out stupid. That doesn't stop. But we have to work very hard at identifying how we can get past the stupid and get into the healing and compassion so that we can stand together. You know, Cliff High, who's, I'm mixed on Cliff High, but he does do some interesting analysis. And it was about four or five months ago, began talking about the coming point where we're, we will arrive at when these people will begin to awaken to what has happened to them and that they will become victims of this, of their own mortality in a sense because where many of these people will, will arrive at is the understanding that they have no recourse. She said it. They've signed away their rights. They have no way of getting recourse. They have no way of getting help because a lot of people don't want to hear. Nobody wants to listen. Those that didn't take the vax, 
don't want to hear their case. Those that took the vax think they're crazy. So you're left in this limbo place. And what do you think happens to people like that? Well, there's a couple of, there's about three options. One, they fall back in their cocoon and quietly suffer on their own. And sadly, many of them have no relationship with Jesus. So they, they do literally walk in a very lonely, evil world. For them, it's a godless world, which is tragic. You have those that will commit suicide. And it, it's, that's another tragedy because they find no other way out. They find no way or any sense of hope. They've never had a close and intimate exposure or relationship with God. And even if they did have an exposure to God, it wasn't enough to anchor them on that rock of faith. And so suicide becomes an option. And then you have the other aspect of them just going straight postal, seeking vengeance for themselves. This is where our discipleship, in my opinion, is just beginning. And it's where we're going to have to be as active as we can and use the layers of gifts and talents that we have. We need to bring people to the voices that allow them to hear some comfort. We need to engage these people where we have opportunity. We need to get them into a place where they can find comfort in Scripture. When we get them together with us and we can start to stand together, this is where, again, we bridge the blood wounds that are here in this nation and we begin to stand as one people, not one people under a government, but one people under God. It's the true we the people. You know, there's a couple prophecies within the First Nations that say that America will die. And this is the time that was predicted by them over 200 years ago that this would be the time that America will die. What it doesn't write is the story afterwards. And it's always been there. The question is, well, what does that mean? And I think truly that there is an unbelievable opportunity that sits before us. And I think God is giving us that opportunity. Number one, we're all that was in darkness is now revealed to light. There is increasingly, there's nothing that is hidden anymore. We can see the nature of the evil. We can see all of this. And that's profound. That's a massive gift. And God has blessed many of us with the foresight and the ability to hear his voice, not to walk in that path of the injections. We become an anchor. We don't become a special class. We become an anchor. My prayer for all of us that, are, that share this space on this channel together is that we become the banner of hope under Christ, that we lead the way to provide whatever God will allow us in the sense of healing. Whether it's hands-on healing, whether it's healing just to sit with people and spiritually heal, whatever that looks like, that's truly what I hope that we strive to do. We're going to have to if we're going to survive. But it's more than that. 
because that's that's almost the easy statement. Like, well, we have to do this to survive. All right, well, I'll get my pack ready and I'll get my stuff going and we'll fight our way through it. It isn't really like that. This enemy is counting on the fact that there will be a continued blood rifts, that there will be continued pain without forgiveness, that there will be continued rifts that will never be healed. It counts on that. As we walk in that place of truth, we're going to be challenged. Many, all of us, because speaking truth, living by truth does not make it easy. We have to listen. We have to hear we have to pray, forgive, and move forward as much as capacity will allow. Understanding, and I say this all the time, is this little like out clause that I need to put in there because this is not peace at any cost, and this is not saying that there is no such thing as evil because we can see very clearly that there is absolutely pure evil. I'll tell you, when I say that like that, there's, it is so hard for me not to add an expletive that is inappropriate, but it's it, because it just, the righteous anger that flies, flies up in me of what has happened to innocent, trusting Americans, it, it is like the most unforgivable sin. I am one who, that is one of the triggers in me, in my life, that I don't ask God to take away. Matter of fact, I just ask God to make it stronger, which is to have that re- that powerful response to anyone that takes makes someone else a victim for their own pleasure. That is wrong. And so when I see people in D.C., when I see these politicians out here on the trail giving their rallies, talking garbage, when I see anybody of significant influence that isn't speaking to this sort of tragedy, isn't talking about putting a full stop to the injection, isn't talking about compensation for these people, isn't talking about justice for these people. All I hear are just self-consumed assholes. And I have no patience for it. I pray for them that they'll find their right way to Jesus just to have some sense of get their stuff right before the Lord. But I also am of a type of soul that says, you don't get it right. Don't come crying to me when you fall your butt in the, in the lake of fire because I don't care at that point. There are so many big name influencers that could have added to the voice and the echo chambers that we were trying to create to save souls. I've said this before, and I do point a finger at group, key groups. What happened to this whole class of great memers in the Q movement that were supposed to be there to save the humanity? Where the hell were they when we were at the peak of people jumping in, getting the shot? Because that didn't happen much. The people that were standing up were getting, all of us, in one way or another, got deplatformed off of something. Whether it was Twitter or YouTube, we all had to reposition and get ourselves in a place as we were fighting for a voice to try to save humanity. And I don't hold that as a grudge, but my point is as a responsibility of the public, the plan apparently overlooked a simple fact that we were being attacked by a bioweapon delivered through an injection that they called your salvation. And as much as I have spoken about that, and I've been harsh about that with those that took the shot, 
I have also had to come to an acceptance that so many people have never had a true and intimate relationship with Jesus, let alone a true and intimate relationship with Father, that how in the hell would they know anything else but to trust the state? And where does that responsibility fall? To a certain degree, pretty heavily on our pulpits and our 501c3 model of preaching Jesus with money. This is a time right now that we're being called and we are being called now to heed their call for help. It doesn't mean we can fix them. But I want to read this again because I, I, I think it is such an important passage for this time. I read this, what, probably three times a week. John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, no one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father, and I did misspeak that. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Do never, never doubt what Christ can do through you. Never doubt it. And I truly believe we're coming to such a point that I think we're all going to be shaken by the devastation and equally shaken by what Christ will do through us. So don't ever doubt it. Don't, don't do this. You know, I, I, I really, I've come to a point where there's people that will be out here saying, well, no one can see any. There's no seers. That's garbage because we know there's prophets in Scripture, and I don't know who the prophets are, but if you feel that God is speaking to you, then embrace it. And you'll know in your heart whether it's true or not. So don't let the – you don't have to go out and stand on a podium in the street and say, the world is going to do this or that. That's not what I'm talking about. God is speaking boldly if we will listen. And don't ever doubt what Christ can do through you. If you are drawn to a place where you feel that it's like hands-on, you can make a difference, you have no idea. Follow your heart. Because right now, even if that touching of somebody is just a sense of the touch of love and compassion, we have no idea what that power will do. Maybe it will do nothing to their physical temple. Maybe it will do everything to their soul. We're long past the fight of trying to keep people from going off the cliff. That's done over with what was done, what was done. Now the harsh reality of consequence is settling in, and that's truly God's way because it's there that people then will turn to him. But if they don't know who he is, whose fault is that? Because it's not theirs, and the churches are already in judgment. So guess what? Responsibility falls on us, and we can't reach everybody, but we can sure reach many. And that's why we have these layers. What God does, is, which is so profound, is our gifts and talents provide these layers and layers of access to him. For some people, maybe, maybe it's a piece of pottery that someone makes. For someone else, maybe it's the cookies that you make. For someone else, maybe it's the way that you, the care that you take as a mechanic on a car. 
all of these connections that we have. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's a writing you do. Maybe it's a painting you do. Maybe it's nothing more than just the fact that you talk to people. See, these are the gifts and talents that God does in the layering because all of it together creates this incredible concert. It's a perfect orchestra, not just an army, but a perfect orchestra that resonates and speaks his word in so many dimensions. Lucifer's got no chance. Satan can give up now because we've already got that one down. But we have to believe in what Christ has told us, which is not only we can do the works that he did, but we can do greater works than he. And if we don't truly believe that, if we don't want to take that responsibility, you've just limited yourself. It's like telling God, I need to do X and I want to do it this way. And then we say, well, it didn't happen. So God didn't hear me. And in the meantime, we've missed all these opportunities that God's put before us. So let's say that you're praying that you want a business of your own and you're praying to God that you want not to have to work for a corporate entity that you're currently working with. And so you visualize what that is and you tell God, I want a business and this is what I want. I want it to be on my own. And you keep waiting and keep waiting. In the meantime, someone said, Hey, I've got something here. I have a business that I'm not able to run I would like you to run it. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that because I'm waiting for God to deliver that business for me. You just missed your opportunity. Because in God's world, there's no ownership like that. In God's world, we are working together and sharing the blessings that we have so that we all benefit. And that doesn't mean that it's an egalitarian world because it's not. It's not this socialist nonsense with universal UBIs and everybody's fixed on a $5,000 a month UBI and that's it and everyone's equal. That's, that is pure socialist circus play right there. God's world is not equal in that sense. It's, matter of fact, it's very pure capitalistic in my opinion where there is you strive, you, some people get some things, some people get less things, but everybody has what they need and a bit more than they can handle. And how we steward those things brings more to us in different forms. And that mean, the more to us doesn't mean that suddenly like, well, I've stewarded my $100,000 a business, $100,000 a year business well, so God has now given me 10 times that. That doesn't always or just doesn't work quite like that. We know that. But don't be focused on a specific thing let God work within our lives as he must because right now we are going to need all of our potential in this world. You know, I can remember when I was, I have an unusually long memory in my life. I can remember when I was about two years old maybe a little bit younger, I can still remember waking my dad up in the morning with my normal morning exercise of jumping in the crib and banging that. I enjoyed it too. I'd grab the rail on the crib and I would jump and jump and jump on that. And I would laugh and I thought it was funny. And there was a mobile above my head that I used to try to reach, which I couldn't reach because I was like a little guy. And I just over and over, my dad would come in like six in the morning and I'd be there laughing and th thought it was the greatest thing ever, making as much noise as ever. 
And somewhere by the time I got to about three or four, there was this feeling in my life that never left me that something significant, something huge was going to happen in my lifetime. And it, it's always been there. And it's been there gnawing at me for many years. And it caused me to make some strange decisions in my life that weren't always right because I wasn't listening to God. I was trying to chase this feeling. But God knew that. And God somehow probably laughed as he watched me run around like a rabbit on a prairie at times. But every experience that I've had came to that point when he broke me. Like, it's time. And I was of that profile where that type of personality, I was stubborn, still am a bit. I was determined. There's nothing I ever took on in my life that I couldn't take, that I couldn't succeed at. I always told myself that, and I believe that. And I knew that no matter what I took on, whether it was a science project, whether it was something I'd never studied before, if that was something I was going to do, I would study like crazy, I'd work like crazy until I mastered it and I became the best. And that best does not always mean best in success financially, just best. And I can pretty much say that. So I wasn't an easy one to bring back into the fold when God needed me. So it pretty much took a baseball bat upside the head to knock me to my knees, throw me in jail for 20 days, and give me a choice. And fortunately, when all was broken and God left every door closed, slammed shut except for one, actually two. Walk away from me, and you walk in darkness. Walk towards me, and I will show you the light in a way you've never imagined. And that's when I had to let go. Let go of what I wanted, let go of what I thought, let go of all my ego, and it was brutal. And in those 20 days, which I thought my life was over, especially in the first 48 hours, I thought everything that I was was over. What was over was my vanity. What was over was my damn ego. And what wasn't over was life. It was only just beginning. And from there, I just started climbing. As God would allow, and sometimes I'd climb and I'd bump into a wall and God would remind me, and it's like, that's not where I asked you to go. Because in the fourth day in jail, I woke up in that morning with a very clear voice that said very clearly, now go back to what I've asked you to do. Finish your films and get back to your stories. I didn't know what that meant. I just said, okay. And once on that path, And it took me a little while to anchor onto that path because I still try to do my thing again for a few months. I try to be stubborn and nothing worked. And I finally cut it all free and started over. And that's when Bards of War was 
was brought to the world, the film, and then the podcast, and then I was put into a thrust into a place where it's like, Father, I'm not a minister. I don't know scripture that well. And all I got was continue forward, trust in me. So I learn. I'm, there's people that know scripture far better than me, and I respect every bit of it. But I trust in Father every single day. And I trust in him to know that what we are going to need is all of us trusting deeply in him to get through this. Because we haven't hit the main body of the storm yet. We're on the outer edges of this thing bashing on the shores, just like you watch a storm pummeling. And we're in this kind of weird place right now because there's a little bit of a calm. Like when the storm's on the outer edge of the shore, but everything inland a little bit suddenly quiets down. That's the most dangerous point. And I wish this was like drama stuff. I wish I could say, yeah, this is just me making a drama. I don't think it's that at all because humanity's coming to an incredible moment of awakening. And the awakening is going to carry with it the brutal choice that we have to make that either we're going to work together to solve the problem and come together as people to stand no matter what decisions we've made. Or we're going to fall. I don't think we'll fall. Matter of fact, that's not anywhere in my equation. But I do know that we have a choice. Because in all things that Father does, there is a choice. The one thing that I keep being reminded of and my walk keeps challenging me with is as I pull back the layers of who I am and I turn, look, pull back the layers of what society has told, and I, told me I am, what I continually am reminded about is society's wrong. And society was the joker that kept me from being all the potential that Father put in me. And now is the time for me to trust in Father so that I can be all that he's asked me to be. That's not just me speaking. That's every one of us. And when we start walking that way and we start reaching to Christ in that way, a profound walk that we have and asking Christ to join us and asking Christ to, to have a conversation with us, setting the table for him, trusting in what he says in red letter language, not just reading it over. Luke ten nineteen. behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions. I mean, is that like what, walking in a garden with your boots on, stepping on bugs? and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Do we really believe that? Because I do. Those words are profound. That means there shouldn't be anything going on right now that we cannot dominate and control. The only thing missing is whether we truly believe that in our heart of hearts, and whether as in unison, if we pray to that and accept that in our heart of hearts, because that is profound words. That means when we get to it, that a two-bit enemy has managed to cir circumvent power and upsurp our position on this earth to be dominant over us, and we have given them that damn power. 
which tells me something else. Because in living with accountability, if that's what's been allowed, then those of us that are realizing what Luke 10, 19 is really saying, we are accountable to the fact that that was allowed and we are now accountable to the fact to get this enemy out of power and start working together to employ John fourteen twelve and to start healing the masses and doing so by proclaiming the blood of Jesus over the people. And maybe the healing is little more than healing their souls so they are on the right path if they do pass away. But we are accountable. And those two phrases there, those two passages, Luke 10, 19, John 14, 12, I read every day because it is a constant reminder of everything this world told me I wasn't and everything Christ told me I was. And when I read that, I hear responsibility. I hear step up. I hear take no more of this. Start healing the people. And do so as I command you. Because we were commanded. And I think that is such a critical statement right now of where we are because there are many that are suffering. That young lady that we just heard from, I feel for her because she does feel alone. She's speaking to the world, just thanking the few that will listen to her. But you know what? I wish, I wish, she had, I wish we had her on this channel because we would tell her she's not alone. We could pray for her. We could give her suggestions to maybe help things through, but we could give her the confidence and the love of Christ to know that you are not alone. You are walking boldly, and now you need to stand stronger and believe in the blood of Jesus. This is where we have to come together. When we find those out there in ones that we may not cross our physical paths, reach out, extend an invitation, bring them to the family. Bard's Nation isn't just a bunch of people hanging out in a chat or listening to a podcast. Bard's Nation has grown to be a fellowship that God has brought together. How do I know that? Because I see the testimonies that come in almost every single day. Incredible testimonies of people that talk about how God has touched them and now God is working with them and how they feel part of a family. That reference to a mechanic, well, that's a real story and I'm not going to share it because I haven't been given permission, but I will tell you something. That that person that wrote me is in another country, that they were lost and they are a mechanic and it's through the community that we have here in Bard's Nation, that they are back in touch with Jesus. And they see their work and their gifts and talents as an extension of God's hand. That story about a potter, that's another real story. The painter, all these things. There's so many people in our, in our community, in our fellowship, which we call Bard's Nation, that have been touched by God's word, by God's voice. And we're here for a reason. 
not in a reason that we can walk around and wear the t-shirt and go, we're cool, though we are. But it's the reason for us to be disciples, for each of us to pursue that, to reach to Christ and to ask him to point us in that direction because the discipleship is the heart of the church. And that's ultimately the singular weapon that no enemy can ever stop. It's the thousands, it's the millions worldwide that simply say, I walk with Jesus. I believe in the commands he's given me. I shall step on snakes and scorpions. I have the authority over all the power of the enemy. I believe in Jesus, so I will do greater works than he because he told me I could. Jesus, guide me. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, let the blood, your blood heal thee that stands before me. So let us be, make it so. We are the change. We are the profound change in this world. The right change, the reset back to a moral base. And as we walk, others come together with us. There's other fellowships that are seeking the same. And as we find them, we come together increasingly as God's army under the banner of Jesus. And wow, what an army that is. And so for those that are out there feeling alone, if you hear this, you are not. Not only do you have fellowships out there that would like to help, but Christ is just a breath away. Just ask, seek. And if you don't know how, there's no rules. All you have to do is just speak Jesus and let him know you need him. Let's, let's pray. Father, we are just so humbled tonight by the messages that you bring, the power of Jesus that you bring into our lives. And we are so humbled that we are in this time, in this place, to be the bridge, to be the disciples And if we haven't asked, we're asking now, point us in the direction. Jesus, walk with us as we go. We are the disciples of the age. And we're here to do all that you command. Hear our hearts for whatever doubts that we may have, whether it's a doubt in the truth of Luke 10, 19, or even a hesitation in John 14, 12, you have commanded us. Help us cleanse those doubts. Have, let the, your blood wash through us and cleanse those doubts so that we can rise to all that you ask us and command us to be. Forgive us for the transgressions that we make, the hesitations that we put before us, the doubts, the fears, all of those things as we continue to strive to be stronger and mightier within the fold of Father and you, Christ. We are ready 
We are walking and there's no more time to wait. Point us where we need to be. Put the opportunities before us. Let us see for our own eyes the power and glory that you bring through us to bring the peace to souls and the healings to the temples. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All we have to do, speak Jesus. All we have to do is ask to be sent. But we have to truly believe it, not just words. And I don't accuse anybody of not doing that. It's just the reminder. We have to be pure in our heart. And there's many out there that are in need. And this nation needs the mighty voices of Christ on the ground, speaking, touching. We don't have to be on soapboxes screaming to a public. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just quietly, one-on-one, and bringing the celebration to God's angels as we save a soul. Zechariah 4, 6-7. This is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Patriots, God did not make us finite. He made us infinite, with infinite potential if we would trust in him. His world does not work on finites. The world of finites is Lucifer's domain. Let us embrace infinite. Let us embrace the glory of God in all he put within us, and let us truly believe in all that Christ has shown us and told us we can be. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. Prayers right now, patriots, for clarity and healing in the hearts so that we can stand more boldly in the true body of Christ. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. And we've got one shot at this, so let's get it right. We're at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain.